last time we're ghosts and trains and something. Two dangling charms. Leviathan eye charm. Ooh. Take one less trauma. Listen, you, you, you three have a safe trip back. Your journeymanship ceremony will take place in the train station in office. Thank you for waiting up for me. Mr. Walker? Just half a year since Dunville's badging, you have become journeyman line bulls. And for that, I congratulate you. This is the moment where bulls decide whether they will remain bulls or if they will retire. The immortal emperor owes you a great debt. You've shouldered a burden that he does not. How has your time on the rails been? It's a job that needs doing, and I don't really know what else I'd do if I left, I guess. I think I've improved as a person in the time hence. The Imperium is, has a lot of little tragedies sprinkled all throughout it, and it's been nice to be able to write even just a few of them. BAM! As Mr. Walker is shot, Drix is gonna run to get the railman. Andrew's gonna run to get Mr. McClaremont. And with the plus two from Steel, that is a 13 total. On a 12 plus, I'll tell you narratively, it's gonna take some proper medical attention, but he will recover. Hello, McKeel. This must come as a shock to you. But in truth, I am your emperor and ally in protection of humanity. Composition and psychometry of the bullet finds the culprit to be Severosi Magician. I shall move the Imperial military to seek and destroy as many arcane fortresses as possible. With this promise, I shall leave you. And today... The interior of the Pride of Duskwall's crew car winds with the soft hum of the train's electro field. Usually drowned out by the three rowdy line bulls who occupy the car, the current silence gives an unnatural clarity to this secret sound. The pulses of electroplasm give life to both the train as well as the spirit that rests in its locomotive. A heartbeat for a dead man. Flesh traded for proud metal that was never before so alive. The spirits of the Deathlands can only look on in jealousy, salivating at the locomotive as its metallic body crackles with electric vitality. And yet, three living souls sit inside, more still and silent than any of the dead surrounding them. Events of the past and thoughts of the dark future hang upon their downcast faces and pull them towards despair. on a train. I'm not your conductor, Greg. <laughs> I hope this gets cut out. We killed an eight, Greg, and now we run the podcast. <laughs> we collectively mutinied. Yeah, I've been watching a lot of black sales. After last time, we were just like, nope, this is too much. All of our characters are going to have happy ends after this. We're going to the carnival. That's, that's oh, what we're doing. It's me! I'm covered in blood! I've just pulled a flake black sails. I'm, rege- I'm, I'm rejecting the mutiny. <laughs> I, oh, it's me, your conductor, Greg. Uh, oh, like, let's not a trade. This is a podcast we play Ghost Lines.
Oh no, that's actually going to be an intro now. <laughs> an RPG by John Harper. I, I'm your conductor, Greg Triumphant. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, I didn't want this to be a part of the actual intro. <laughs> yeah, same. <laughs> but now it is. I'm ready to roll with We can it. always it's take it late. again through the, uh, whatever. I'm Hannah. Uh, I play Andrew Anderson. And if I had a nickel for every time I was in a campaign with Greg, run by Greg, where my character uh, suffered a loss of innocence when a man was sniped from a distance while he was standing close enough to her that blood spattered all over her, I would have two nickels, which isn't a lot, but it's weird that it happened twice. <laughs> Honestly and genuinely, I'm a little surprised it hasn't happened more often, given how much you love giving your characters trauma. I mean, yes, but that's but such case, a specific form case, of trauma. In this case, this is me giving Hannah's that's characters true. trauma. To be fair, the first time it was more that's Benani's true. fault than That's yours. true. The first time it was Benani's character giving you trauma in the situation I was facilitating. Yeah, this is just a type of trauma that everyone sees fit to foist on my characters for some reason, <laughs> through, through no effort of my own. Hold on, I need to take a note that I need to snipe a no! person cover Hannah's character <laughs> no! but no. You should also take note. Hi, I'm Guy. I play Fifth. Hey, Hannah, would you like to play in a snipers-only game of something? No, I would not! <laughs> All child characters, only snipers. <laughs> we are punchy today. I had class, so I know why that is, but I'd say you don't have an excuse, but that's a lie. I don't know what goes on in your life. Well, we don't have class. You're very classy. <laughs> Thank you, Hannah. That was Hannah poking me. <laughs> That's also not true. That's never been true. Who are you? You, last last fellow there. Oh. Last person. Oh, me. The one with a new mic. Uh, yes, this is uh, Big Spranking New Mike Drix. I'm Stefan, and I play Drix. And yeah, he he he's feeling some stuff. Cause you know, maybe just just maybe you know, should have done treason a little harder. Otherwise, <laughs> uh, there, there might be some consequences for not fully committing to treason properly. So, yep, yep, there will most certainly be uh, uh, previously on. But also, just to just to be clear of this exact situation, Mister Walker liaison between the Ministry of Preservation and the Imperial Railways was present at the journeyman badging of our line bulls. He was also the Emperor's vessel, how the Emperor could walk amongst humanity, occasionally being uh, essentially possessed by the immortal Emperor himself. While, while discussing after the journeyman badge about the nature of the good done on the Imperial Railways, it was shot by Coleman Kanatcher making good on his promise to Drix for taking out a walker to prevent the immortal emperor's reach. However, after uh, Andrel and Drix uh, ran to get help, Pip performed a sick-ass roll over a 12, a 12 plus, that will ensure that Walker uh, may one day make a recovery, but not before being possessed by the immortal emperor. One last time, was able to uh, magically and instantly ascertain that his assailant was a Severosi magician and was pledged to move the Imperial military to seek out the Severosi arcane fortresses and destroy them one at a time. Whoops. Before also Oops. stating that oh, um, no. interfering with uh, this walker's natural healing would make him uh, a bad walker. So for now, Mr. Walker is free, as until he fully recovers, uh, the immortal emperor does not have as much use for him. He just tweeted it out. 
He just <laughs> tweeted it out. He just he just showed up yes. and tweeted yeah, I don't it out. Think, I don't think we made that joke on the podcast last time, but uh, I was very surprised to hear the Emperor just kind of tell us all of these things that we knew, but that we were trying to keep a secret. Yeah, our line bulls made it back to the Pride of Duskwall, but not before Drix warns the Arcane Fortress of Belial. The Railman and Mr. McClaremont were also further witnesses and helped the bulls get back to the train. I think we're going to cut back the train en route. It has been some time of our line bulls sitting in the crew car in a, a relative silence. The description of what you are doing could just be staring at a wall or doing something, but I would love for one of you to describe what your character looks like exactly in this moment of, of thought. I'm just going to jump in then. Go for it, go for it. Because I have like a very vivid please image in my mind of what's going on. So there is the bar in the Lion Bull's quarters, and behind the bar, this is a thing that they do in a lot of actual bars, where it's a mirrored glass behind all of the bottles, just to, like, make them look bigger, make them look a little bit fancier. It's, it's nice. Most of the bottles are gone, so you just have, like, this big mirror. Kip has not been drinking, but he's just kind of, like, sitting, like, hunched over, like, the bar, kind of looking down, not really facing anyone in particular, but just, like, in the back, there's kind of the the different layers of the bar across the mirror that are kind of just, like, taking Pip and just, like, splitting him up. Just, like, moving down. So it's just, like, a front shot looking back. And you just see, like, Pip kind of reflected large in the glass, but just kind of completely broken right now. What does Pip look like? Pip is fairly tall. You would not be able to tell because he's currently hunched over. Usually just kind of grody. For a lot of reasons, but today, it's mostly because there's very much a uh, Lady Macbeth of, like, never be clean kind of thing mm. going on, because he was just covered in blood from trying to save Walker. Which, while he might have been successful at, shit got real. Mm -hmm. Shit got really real. Next. Andrel, I think, is just sort of sitting on the floor against a wall. She's got her knees curled up to her chest, and she's sort of balancing her chin on top of her knees. Finger sort of drawing circles on the ground. She is a 14-year-old uh, girl. She is uh, tall for her age, usually, but I think in this moment she looks particularly small. Messy hair, dark hair, copper skin, Victorian orphan boy clothing, which probably still has some amount of blood on it. Probably not as much as Pip, but, you know, a bit. Um, vacant eyes and sitting. Oh, that's sad. I usually describe her with a gleam in her eyes. I didn't do that on purpose. Hey, hey. <laughs> oh, no. Drix is a tall Severosi man, barrel-chested, black curly hair, sat under a, like, black cowboy hat with a red band, wearing pretty nondescript clothes, like a white shirt, vest over it, some slacks. He has some spurs that he's taken off and they're sitting next to him. He is kind of slouched against the wall fiddling idly with his lasso fiddling with it with his hands with this massively worried look on his face he's not meeting anyone's eyes but he looks like he's been crying uh, so now I'll, I'll give the opportunity if you do want to start saying something or doing something before I have somebody else break the tension I don't think Andrew will I don't know about the rest of you I don't think Drix is ready for that yet 
I also don't think. All right. I think Pip has something like he's still working out in his head, but it's not it's not fully formed yet. The hatch door that leads towards the office car opens up suddenly, and in the doorway is Candace, the train uh, conductor, wearing an official-looking Imperial Railways uniform. She is middle-aged, and she carries a long cigarette holder with a cigarette, and she sees you all sitting around. She takes a short, suspicious drag from her cigarette holder. As she exhales, she says, Well, normally I've got to worry about the noise in here or something uh, foolish going on. I see we're very quiet today. Especially after your journeyman ceremony, which I assumed would be... I assumed would be something. It was most certainly that. Drix, like, starts to speak and then just kind of, like, finds his mouth dry and doesn't... Alright, uh, well, I'm uh, sorry about the, the reception then. Um, should I have him bow or something, or... And then a voice belonging to a figure behind Candace says, Oh, that's quite alright, miss. I understand that these lion bulls carry a burden that is relieved off the backs of others. In a similar way, I too carry an invisible burden as Minister of Preservation. Oh god. That's out of character. Yep. And Candace says, oh, You're very laid back, Lord Strangford. Significant eye contact. Lord Strangford finally steps ahead. A very tall, fit man. The body of somebody in his 30s but the graying hair shows that he might in fact be older and that wealth has given him the, the time and resources to have a healthy older age here in the Imperium. He's got a, a big old impressive looking jacket that is vaguely reminiscent of an Imperial Railways dress uniform off his shoulders like a, like a shitty anime boy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Pip doesn't like shrink behind the bar, but like kind of like pulls his fingers underneath his palms and starts to just like white knuckle basically i think andrew does visibly shrink i think she curls curls more into her knees drick steps in front of lord strangford uh hi hello there and he looks down at your badge goldburn pleasure to meet you and he uh puts his hand out for a handshake Trix firmly grasps it. His handshake is firm. He grips it tightly, definitely in an attempt to intimidate you, but his face is always, like, calm. Trix is completely unintimidated. I assume you're perhaps the leader of this bunch. Uh, you could say that. Uh, sure. Uh, I won't comment on the first impression an uneducated eye might give for the numbers coming through for the pride of Duskwall. Speak for themselves, I should think. Which one of you is, uh, Dunville? The waif or the young child? Um, uh, Andrew, I think, uncurls a little bit. Uh, that, that's me. You're doing an excellent job, I hear. Only half a year since your badging. Uh, is it? I can't speak with certainty to the day, but our records indicate as such. And already a journeyman, I hear. Uh, yeah, as of recently. Glad to see you're still with us. Most would cut and run. <laughs> Candace says, she's got a whole life ahead of her, so uh, she can she can leave if she wants. Kind of from, like, behind Lord Strangford, Candace is, like, giving some, like, real eye contact to Andrew. Andrew averts her eyes. How's Jiminy doing? Oh, fuck! I forgot about Jiminy! Uh, I'll get to that. Um, <laughs> but yeah. And that must mean he turns uh, in the direction of Pip, 
There's a big waft of smoke from Candace's cigarette holder mixed with something, some sort of like coffee. The kind of bean that you smell, it's very high class mixed with the uh, the smoke of the cigarette, kind of assaulting Pip's nostrils. McKeel! Yes, sir. McKeel, at your service. Oh, please, please. Don't need to call me, sir. You you can call me, um... Well, you can call me by my name. Lord. <laughs> um, okay. I do have to ask. Your name is... Lord? <laughs> of course. Lord Strangford. Can, can you spell that for me? <laughs> L-O-R-D. Strangford. So not with, like, an E or a U? Just, just like... No, because you see, my parents knew what I would become. We Strangfords are an ambitious bunch. Wait, but weren't they lords before you? Would that mean the proper way to address you is Lord Lord Strangford? This, this is some real pure <laughs> King Bradley energy. <laughs> hey, hey, you guys named him Lord Strangford. Did we? Yes! Oh. <laughs> I don't think we meant to make that his legal name. I think we were saying Lord like the title. Nope, nope. You meant it to be his legal name. I will find, I will play the clip of you saying Lord, Lord Strangford. This is is kind of a a sideline, but do we know Strangford's first name? (laughs) So here's the thing. Lord. We can can come up with it right now if you want, because Lord Strangford (laughs) is based upon the Minister of Preservation from the Broken Spire uh, score from Blades in the Dark, and he's just listed as Lord Strangford. Right, right. And just like how Crowl is just listed as Crowl. Can the it spy. be Lord? I think that would be really funny. <laughs> Actually, you know what? Sure. All right. <clears throat> <laughs> um, he turns, he says, But regardless, McKeel, by all means, you can be friendly with me. I want to hear you say it. Lord. Yes, Lord Strangford. How can I be a service? You've been service enough from what I've heard from Candace here. Just doing me job. So dutiful, especially with the namesake of such as that badge. You wear it well. Ah, <laughs> uh, Craig is having so much fun. I can <laughs> yeah, tell. Yeah, be honest, how much, how much time do you spend thinking of one-liners specifically meant to hurt our feelings? <laughs> because you've had a few, you've had a in the past couple episodes like things you say where the characters are not trying to hurt our feelings but it's very obvious that you are listen I, it's an even mix okay uh. it's an even mix of, of preparing and, and just in the moment Okay. Greg is very good at hurting our feelings <laughs> <laughs> he uh, takes one hand and grabs uh, Candace's free hand and says, I must thank you so kindly, Conductress, but I can find my way to the parlor car from here. I'm so glad to see that everything is in order for my trip. He plants a kiss on her hand, and Candace is like, yeah, thanks. All right, we're doing that. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, queen. Stringford turns, gives one last big smile, and uh, exits towards the passenger car and eventually onto the parlor car. I think it is unforgivable of you to have introduced this man when our characters are too sad to make fun of him. (laughs) (laughs) This was his plan all along. Uh, Is Candace still here? Candace is still here. Okay. 
I seem to recall that Walker wears glasses. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't remember him ever wearing glasses. Maybe it's like, maybe not like sunglasses, but yeah. Anybody can have reading glasses or sunglasses. Yeah, this is the old days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, not sunglasses, because, you know. <laughs> I wear glasses. my sunglasses right now. <laughs> um, I think Andrew Tikandis says, uh, does he know what, what just happened? I don't think I know exactly what just happened. Pip at that kind of reaches into one of his pockets and pulls out Walker's set of glasses, which there's something like very distinct about them. Just pulls that out. There's like a little bit of like noticeable blood like dried to the lenses and just hands it to her. Is Walker dead? No, but someone really shooted him to be. They got damn near close. That's pretty frightening. So, you know how we work for the Emperor, the Imperium, technically? Yes, technically. We also work for Walker. Well, Walker's like the liaison to a ministry and a, technically, Strangford's on the train, so we work for him who works for the Emperor, but yeah, I, I, I get what you're saying. There's a hierarchy and Walker's in it. Yeah, turns out this is just say the Emperor's a little closer than we thought. Oh, is this like that time Michelle thought he was the Emperor? Do you think you're the Emperor, Pip? No. He just came out and said it. He was there. We had a theory, but we weren't really sure. We also really didn't think we were, we were allowed to talk about it. Mr. Walker started talking, and his voice was different, and he, he said he was... I mean, I don't want to say it. It sounds... He said he was the Emperor. He said he was possessing Walker's body. Apparently he can do that. Can he, like, possess anyone? I think Walker was special. He didn't really dine to go into details, though. I read the word dine in the dictionary. Oh, was it pronounced dine or dane? Oh, I don't know. Andrew read it in the dictionary. That's she fair. could easily be pronouncing <laughs> it wrong. Who else knows? One of the railmen and, uh, McClaremont. They were there. They were witnessed. Alright. News definitely won't reach us, really. At least not for a, a hot minute. They know Strangford's on the train. I don't think that was an accident, either. You're not suggesting Strangford has something to do with this, do you, McKeel? No. But I am suggesting that whatever was done, they didn't finish the job. I don't think they've gone far. How's Drix feeling right now, my guy? <laughs> really, really bad. Uh, the, the urge to tell Candace that Shrankford wants to kill Pip um, is so great, but it's also battling with how much he wants Walker dead, and also the regret over, like, allowing Pip to save Walker, even, even just by leaving the room. Does Drix actually want Walker dead? That's interesting. Uh, Candace has um, taken a long, heavy drag off the cigarette on the cigarette holder. She does a, a long, heavy nostril exhale, like she's thinking really hard. All right. Depending on what kind of details get sent, I'll share some information with, with Strangford, because I have to. But the telegram's going to come through in my office car, and Strangford's enjoying the pilot car right now. So for right now, he's just a passenger. 
riding first class for business, of course, but we can discuss more when we make it to Severin. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, Candace turns around to the office car and she's, uh, oh, the, the door opens up and then she says, I don't know the whole circumstances about Walker, but people don't usually survive assassination attempts without help, so, uh, good job. You should just, just, it's a regular line. I don't know, look at the passengers or whatever the hell you like to do. And she exits towards the office car. We should, um, we should look at the passengers. Pip, are you okay? He was gone at the end. Not. He just... Not about. He left him to die. He's just a man now. It seemed like he knew that he wasn't gonna die. I meant about Strangford. Huh? Huh. It's not the first time we've had something on our train that's wanted to kill us. Or be the last. I'm sure, but do you think he has Crowl with him? I wouldn't be surprised. Maybe we don't look at the passengers this time. Maybe we should stay put. We gotta make it seem normal. We gotta make it seem like we don't know what he's up to. Hey, uh, tricks, did you? We able to get word out back home. Yeah. Yeah. I hope it can do as much good as it can, but... To be honest... I'm, I'm really worried. I'd like to roll an insight against Drix. Sure. I have a plus zero to this. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I get one free question. My stupid, stupid teammates. What I wouldn't do for a free question. That is a five total, so I get to ask a question right now. Pip's got like a a feeling that. I mean, this is a little bit metagaming, but. It's a show, fucking. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's a show, but also, like, it, it doesn't sit right with Pip of that, like, Drix would just, like, see a man get shot, and the first thing that he does is, like, run. Something about this doesn't feel right to sure, him. Sure, sure. Let's do, what are they really feeling? What do they want? Stefan, as I, as I tell all players that get incited on, you can be vague, just be honest. Yeah, I think Pip knows Drix well enough to see that something's off here. So I think he's going to be able to read him pretty well, honestly. Three core emotions uh, at the moment. He is worried about you. He's also angry with you. Uh, (laughs) The angry is interesting. And he is extremely worried about everything the train is running away from right now. You're right, Drix. No. Of course I'm not alright. That seems fair. You seem kinda... I say something. You catch, like, a flash of, like, recognition in Trix's eyes, and then, uh, they shift over to Andrel, and he says nothing. Alright. Andrel, I think, just kinda looks back and forth between you. (laughs) How much of that did you see, Andrel? How much of what? What happened? I know you didn't get covered in it, but... I mean, I got a little. I do want to uh, remind Hannah, it may or may not affect things, but Andrew did notice the light that uh, Coleman Catcher used to make the shot right. early on. I forgot about and, that. And uh, simply observed it and thought it strange without saying anything. It was a lamp! 
sure. Um, I, maybe it doesn't affect anything, but also. I no, it, of course it affects things. I'm I'm yeah, I listen. I don't feel bad about it. Andrew probably does. Um, son, get shot, and then I went out. And then I came back by you were you had already done something by that point for the record I'm also not sure if Andrew has connected the lamp to the sure. shooting do you blame me for it? maybe a little I know that's stupid you just did the right thing it's new to me alright was it the right thing? I don't know. No. I, maybe. <sighs> I don't know either. He's just a man now. He's not in there. That doesn't matter. If he if he had died, then the arcane fortresses wouldn't wouldn't be in the line of fire. You sure about that? You sure this wasn't just No, this was an excuse. This was an opportunity. This was a proclamation, not an investigation. He examined the bullet, and if he had died, if you hadn't saved him, he never would have had a chance to. I think that has more to do with the shot, then. But even still, we can go round in circles all night, if you like. You know, he, he came to me beforehand. Did he? A while ago. I, I didn't... Didn't know how to feel about it at the time. Didn't really know what to think. Didn't didn't think it was worth mentioning. But he was scared. It's not an easy thing. Having your body feel like it doesn't belong to you. Having to see someone else moves you like a marionette. He didn't deserve to die. But neither do any of the arcane fortresses. How do you measure that? It's not fair. Walker hasn't done anything to me, but every breath he takes is a threat to everyone I love. You two included. I don't know how true that was. I don't know how true that is. I think he's an object. Just neat for the real problem. And it's, it's something that we want to deal with. He just showed up. Yeah, and he could just show up again. Nothing nothing to stop him. Well, we know that's not true. Do we? They'll be better soon. And he could say whatever he wants. We don't know how this works. Unless you know how this works. I think it's time I stopped trying to forget and started trying to remember. Because there's, there's something in there. Some peace we're missing. I know what the answer is, but I don't know. I don't know how to to get there. None of that matters now, though. None of that mattered to this. Now this wheel's been turning for a uh, long before we got there. I think we need to make a decision. Well, I thought we knew. Yeah. What do you mean? Maybe it was just me. But when you say, like, we're gonna kill the immortal emperor, it doesn't... It didn't feel... 
Ryu at the time. <sighs> okay. So it didn't feel real. Is it real now? I got blood on me ends, don't I? From saving him. Yeah, like only in a literal sense. Well, I guess maybe a metaphorical sense too. There is Lyle. So if I may cut in. Mm-hmm. Go for it. Andrel. So around now is usually when a certain wall guy gets a little hungry, and you haven't heard a single yorp, nor have you seen any sign of Jiminy if in the crew car. If you've killed my dog, I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> it has has anyone seen Jiminy? Sorry, I know this is like a serious conversation, but this is usually when I when I feed him. Honestly, I haven't really been paying attention. He's a little little guy. Did he, did he get out? I think Andrew's gonna wander. Let's say towards the back of the train first. Sure. Drix is gonna write out a message to Greta and be like, hey, did Jiminy come that way? Mm-hmm. Pip doing anything? I think Pip's gonna just sit there wringing his hands. Andrew, you head towards the back of the train. Open up the office car door. Candace looks up from some documents. Hey, uh, sorry, Candace, have you seen Jiminy? I can't seem to... He's not in the crew car. I haven't seen him. I, you know, if he, if he bothered Lord Strangford, I, I think I would remember it. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll go ask the railman then, I guess. Yeah, yeah, go for it, go for it. You pass from the office car to the freight box car. A couple of rats scatter on your approach. There's, like, faint clicking sounds. A rustling somewhere. The trunk is, like, shaking. Can I go investigate? Sure. I'll knock on the trunk a little. The trunk falls over. Ah! Oh god, there better not be another bully on the train. I still hear some of that clicking noise. It's fainter now. The freight box car is just having a bumpy ride, it seems. Jiminy's down the trunk. Okay. Andrew continues through the Leviathan belly towards the caboose. At that moment, Greta responds. Saw him pass through to parlor car. Of course. Come get him? Yeah. Question mark. Drix, like, tells Pip, uh, can you tell Andrew that he's up in the parlor car? I'm gonna go get him. Alright. Drix, while you pass through the passenger car, would we perhaps like to describe <laughs> any, uh, any notable passengers you see along the way <laughs> and what they're doing on the train? Okay. There is a, like, middle-aged Akarosi dude. Like, not middle-aged, like, older millennial Akarosi dude (laughs) who seems to be, like, furiously counting the coins in a coin pouch and just kind of muttering to himself, that's not enough. Uh, He has, like, a drawing book next to him that seems to be open to, like, a half-finished drawing of something. All right. Looking through, looking through, one coin spills out and rolls near Drix's feet. Excuse me! Sorry, sorry! Could you hand me that? Uh, yeah. Here. You okay? My okay. Get out of here! Oh, alright. It's not Uh, enough. It's not enough. It's just not enough! (laughs) And who else does Drix see? Alright. It's a pair of dudes. One of them is holding... It's like a very comically oversized key, like a house key. Just holding on to it. His partner has just like a surprising amount of fruits, which like, as we have established, big old rarity. So he's got like oranges. He's got bananas. Yeah, just just a lot of like, you know, fruits with like very thick skins. All right. 
Akarosi, Severosi, Yeruvian, uh, Scotlander. I think these are <laughs> Severosi. They're darker fellows. They're just having like a, a grand old time. You got the keys and you got peels. <sighs> Boo! <laughs> Boo this man! I, have been <laughs> I had this one ready. I thought about this yesterday. Oh my god. Oh god. And I wanted Greg to do the impression because I think it would be funny. Oh my gosh, the problem is I don't... Genuinely, the last Key and Peele sketch I watched was the Neil deGrasse Tyson one. <laughs> so I don't, have an, I don't have an impression in my mind. I just have like, actually, the, in the grand history, if you look at the history of our galaxy, the history of humanity, it would only be one one day on a 12-month calendar. Maybe that's it. They're just doing like improv bits, <laughs> just like back and forth. Oh, well, it's just... I love when people do improv bits on the train. <laughs> I'm just worried that if my movie isn't a hit, that might kill our whole thing that we got. The other one says, uh, you can make your movie, it's fine. I don't even know what I'm doing these days. <laughs> <laughs> it was in the prom. <laughs> oh, what a what a black wow. mark. Yeah, it was <laughs> is... Wow, that one that one got maybe a little too serious. Listen, I, I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure I'm going to be in Timmy's next film. <laughs> one of these days, one of these days, I gotta be, I gotta be, <laughs> I gotta be in Timmy's next film. <laughs> it's cool. It's cool. When 46 rolls around, it'll be... <laughs> key and peel, key and or peel for Fast and Furious. <laughs> <laughs> Really, Jordan Peele. <laughs> Get both of them. Get both of them. Um, there are two women. I guess probably either Scotland or Akarosi. I don't really know how to translate. I'm trying to translate New Zealand. Um, oh, Daggerites. Yeah, Daggerites. Okay. Uh, two Daggerite women. One is very tall and muscular. She uh, has got red hair and she is wearing sunglasses, despite the fact that the sun does not exist. The other is, uh, yeah, 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 Greg gets it. The other is uh, extremely tiny and extremely mean looking. Uh, she is like actively looking with disgust at everyone on the train. Both of them are in, like, tight black bodysuits with bones on them. We think they're probably fake bones, but no one can tell, and they both have full face skeleton makeup. This uh, is a reference to something I did not come up with at wholesale. Yeah, it's, it's locked to him. The, the big one with the sunglasses gives you a little nod, Drix, and maybe almost starts to say something, but then uh, gets uh, smacked by the small one. Says, excuse me, remember your vow of silence? <laughs> Uh, Doing great. <laughs> the big one grimaces. You pass by Mr. McLaremont. He says, uh, you all right, boy? You look like you're on a mission. <sighs> I gotta go get Jiminy before anything goes wrong. I saw him pass by this way. Been happy as a clam. <laughs> well, glad he was happy at least. I'll go grab him and, you know, bring him back to Andrew. <sighs> and Pip, you pass through the office car. Candace is like, Oh, hey, McKeel, uh, listen, if you're looking for, for Jiminy, I mean, I, I already told Angela I hadn't seen him, so she's, she's going down that yeah, way. He's the other direction, so going to going to grab Angel. Ah, got it, got it, all right. It, you remember Crowell, right? You were there for that. I was there for that, uh, a little bit. All right, so you, you know that Crowell is Strangford's 
boy. Listen, I don't know if I can just take your word that the Minister of Preservation, tasked with preserving the lives of humanity within His Majesty the Immortal Emperor's own cities, associates with a ghost, but I'll keep an eye out for him. Let's just say that I've known him for a long time. My dad knew him. We both know how that turned out. You know, uh, I kind of guess that maybe you were actually, like, actually for real, Mikiel. <laughs> I gotta say, I, it, it was never confirmed to me. Disappointed? Uh, I would be. No, I'm not. You're, uh, you're good. And, well, it doesn't make your life less shit, but I think as much crap as you rightly deserve, I'd like this McKeel in front of me than another Lord Strangford, if that was the other path. Took us a while to get here, but I'll go get Andrew. Yeah, yeah, go for it, go for it. Pass through the freight box car. It's a bumpy ride in here. Clangy, clangy, the rats are having a bad time. None of them fused together for their tails or whatever. King of Rats said, not today. In fact, upon seeing you, <laughs> upon seeing you, a lot of the rats start to scatter in opposite directions. <laughs> and, uh, meet up Andrel in the caboose, but this very moment is being told, uh, perhaps the little pooch could be, uh, hiding somewhere. He's not little. Like, I don't think that's logistically likely. <laughs> I have seen him uh, take little naps in our hammocks, and it is very easy to lose things in the hammock. I don't know, he's pretty visible in the hammocks. Like He's a large dog to you, mademoiselle, on the count of the facts that you are so small. I'm not small! I'm tall for my age! Oh, yes, but that at the age is, uh, what? 14. Very small. I think 14 is very big. In fact, 14 seems to be bigger than I was existentially prepared for. Oh. That, that is something very relatable. Ah! Baby McGill! He's in the, the parlor car. Oh, okay. Uh, oh god, okay, yeah, I'm gonna go! At that exact moment, Drix, you enter the parlor car, and you see, sitting in one of the big chairs, the big pay for chairs that don't massage you or anything, is Lord Strangford, and sitting in Lord Strangford's lap is a creature that looks like a German shepherd with no hair, a handlebar mustache and a tuft of fur on the end of its tail. Uh, Give me my dog back, you son of a bitch! <laughs> two, two legs in the back and one in the front. Heckin' concern. Um, <laughs> peacefully, peacefully being petted and fed tasty little bits of, of meat. It's Jiminy. He's very lazily eating. And uh, Strangford is like, You are a very, very good dog. Absolutely perfect. Mm. Fine specimen of your breed. Oh, hi, Lord Strangford. Uh, that's Jiminy. It's, uh, Andrel's dorg. Uh, he's actually a work dorg. Uh, we're gonna need to take him back to the crew car. He's a sadist dorg. <laughs> Jiminy, you say? And by Andrel. Dunville, the small Dunville. Yes. Yep. Yep. Eruvian. She named you life and death between. Very interesting. Oh, you speak Aruvian. It's a draffy, it's the actual language that they speak and write there. Yes, uh, the water speech, as they call it. Many, many ancient tomes of wisdom are found there, and I found the study of rituals, in fact, most salubrious for me. <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> wow, that 
truly sounds fascinating. I've never been a big book reader myself, but um, I could definitely see the value in ancient knowledge. I, huh. You know, one day Andrew may have to pick your brain. But for now, we do need to bring Jiminy on back to the crew car. But he's such a sleepy boy. The parlor car is right behind the locomotive. So even though the doors are mostly soundproof, you get a very faint, oh, God damn it, from Trevor. And uh, a voice comes over. Passengers, uh, please remain calm. Line bulls, please suit up as we uh, we back up and recover. Looks like our railmen uh, were a little hasty in their final check, so that must have been a little shook up. And appears the uh, freight box car, Blythe and Belly and Caboose have uh, decoupled. Oh my god. <laughs> Where are Pip and I? <laughs> you are. Oh no. Um, I wasn't intending to split you guys up, but you split yourselves up. I wasn't well, we to were split. walking. I'll get to it. This is happening at the same time. So, Lord Strangford says, Oh my, that seems terrible. You should get going. I suppose you could take this dog with you, but um, he, he lets um, Jiminy down, and Jiminy is like, There's like a big dog yawn, lazily wags his tail before uh, doing a little dog circle, laying down. Do not leave my dorg with this egomaniac. He lifts Jiminy and, like, carries him, you know, cradle style. All right, buddy, let's get back and get you suited up. Meanwhile, (laughs) after leaving the caboose, heading towards the Leviathan Belly, as Pippin and Andrel enter the freight box car, there's a bumpy ride being had there, and it goes clang, 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 and the bumpy ride stops all at once. Well, this seems bad. Uh, yes. Pip is gonna go to the door. Yeah. Andrew, you check the uh, check the front. Why don't you go check on the mm. back? Andrew goes to check the front. Presumably, opens up the door and finds no train. Well, you can you can like see. Uh, do we, do we have window hatch windows? I think we've got tiny hatch windows. Mm. I know, not the not to the office car. So yeah. You open up the door, and actually, real quick, can you both make a steel roll for me? As you open up the door, the choking Deathlands fog walks in to you both. Cool. Wow, it sure would be useful to have a hat mask, now wouldn't it? Incredible. Eat my ass! First, before you do your steel roll, tell me what's the one thing you don't want to do. I suppose the one thing I don't want to do is uh, suffer more harm or trauma, and I do that because I've rolled a one. All right. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> what's the one thing that you don't want to do? Pip. Let's see. Uh, I think suffer more trauma or harm is probably high on that priority list. Sounds good. I'm just saying. Maybe if one of you had something you could wear around, like... Eat my whole ass, <laughs> Stefan. You did not get that mask because you anticipated this situation. I anticipated a situation where we would not be able to get to our mask. I absolutely... Bullshit. I absolutely thought about that when I talked to Greg about it, didn't I, Greg? That is a... Eight total. So I do one of the other ones. So, Pip freezes up. Leaving himself wide oh, open. No. <laughs> so I leave the door open. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so I can close the door. Andrew, uh suffering more harm, takes two harm. Sure. As you're reduced to a, a horrible coughing fit that brings you to your knees, you're inhaling evil, rot, 
the Deathlands are just a big open grave that's been festering for a thousand years. Mmm, corpse dust. Corpse dust. Love that. Pip, go ahead and take one harm from choking Deathlands fog. Cool. You probably have to steady yourself against the door. The door remains open for a, a little bit longer than it probably should have been before um, one of the railmen comes by and slaps some masks onto you guys. Their little railmen masks. Ugh. Well, that sucks. It appears we have been uh, decoupled from the train. This is a Trixes with Strangford. Better him than you. Drix is also with our stuff. Well, actually, there's. You guys have a repair station in the back, right? Is there anything there that we could put on? We have a couple of uh, tools that uh, some of them uh, run on the, the electroplasm. We have. Um, but uh, we should be fine in here. Uh, we are decoupled from uh, the train, which does mean that um, we are no longer surrounded by the train's electro field, which uh, is what attracts the spirits to a train in the first place. So truly, we are fine uh, yeah, no, from no, any uh, new spirits entering. It's never that easy, Jean. Ah, you say my full name. I am Jean-Claude. Uh, and I think that uh, perhaps after the day we have had, we deserve a little bit of easy. Uh, and at that moment, um, a little bit of like gross, goopy uh, electroplasm lands on his shoulder from the relative darkness of the roof of the train. Ah, bugger. Drix, what are you doing? Drix is running back towards the office car. Obviously, he cannot run a train. But, but he's like, can I see them still? Can I get anything to them? What's the deal? They're within sight, and the train's slowing down, and Trevor's about to throw it into reverse mm-hmm. to try to recouple. Drop it in reverse it, if you will. As one does. A note gets sent to the crew car. But it's like, hey guys, be chill. Might have to clear a couple of weaker spirits during the surge from recoupling, but should be in and out no problem. Andrew's gonna start crying. <laughs> okay. This fucking sucks! <sighs> Drix breathes the note and is like, okay, alright, so best thing I can do is get suited up and have these ready to go for the others. Uh, so he, like, puts his suit on, and then he, like, gathers up the suits and lightning hooks for the others, and, uh, he's looking around the room for anything to hold it so that he can toss it to them as soon as he's ready to go. Strap him to Jiminy. Ooh! Yeah, Jiminy, you force Jiminy uh, into his, uh, boots and helmet, uh, and he's just clanging around, and he's just, Oh, you're, you're, you're. Now, you're gonna have the very important job of getting this to Pip and Andrew, okay? Looks at you blankly. Hmm. Yorp, 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 yorp. Cocks his head to the side, confused. Yorp? Oh. Uh. Hmm. Andrew? Yorp? Pip? Yorp. <laughs> Take. That's another dog yawn. And then you guys cannot carry on this bit for much longer. <laughs> no, <laughs> you'll you'll figure it out. You'll figure it out. And he just puts it. He like stuffs it into Jiminy's stuff. <laughs> he, he gives Jiminy a little backpack. It's adorable. 
canonically adorable. Trix, you head to the office car. Are you heading out there yourself? Are you sending Jiminy out there? Or are you gonna wait for the coupling? I'm gonna I'm gonna head out on uh, top of the office car and wait for the coupling, I think. Alright. Dragging Jiminy up there? You'll yeah. have to carry him. <laughs> Actually, I think I'll leave Jiminy at the door to the office car so when it couples, he can just hop right over. Mm-hmm. Because the others won't be on top. But I figure a bird's eye view of the situation makes a lot of sense. Just like Colt and Knatcher. It all makes sense. So the train recouples. It'll need to be actually checked by the railmen. Recouples with a spark as the train's electro fields expands to cover the last three cars again. Drix, you popping in from the top? Or were you just waiting? Yeah, I think I'm just waiting on top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it recouples. Meanwhile, <laughs> in the freight box car, there is a pathetic looking humanoid. Like, wretched, like, sunken-in eyes, gnarled fingers, um, spirit with, like, horrible, like, shaggy hair all over the place that has unhinged its jaw to a completely unnatural level, slopping drippy electroplasm all over the place that currently has Jean-Claude's top half in its mouth (laughs) dangling from the ceiling, and I think... Next time, we are going to roll against the supernatural as Andrew and Pip are here with nothing but a little zappy screwdriver and probably a little like magnetic drill thing. <laughs> this Fantastic. reminds me of a movie, but I cannot remember what it is right now. But like the scene is viscerally just like gremlins. I mean, <laughs> it reminds me of gremlins. You're fair, I guess. Yeah, Jean-Claude's definitely like, oh, light in there. Man, save me! I'm trying! Yeah, but we'll actually roll things next time on Ghosts on a Train. Bye! Bye. Hey, I rolled twice. Pride of Pasquale is now arriving. Please allow all passengers to exit the train before boarding. This has been Ghosts on a Train, a podcast with the Faustian Nonsense Network, where we played Ghost Lines, an RPG written and designed by John Harper. Music by Sebastian Black and TJ Woods. Edited by Greg Corobus, with Creative Commons Zero sounds from freesound.org, and additional sound design by Kai Gwillem Pritchard. Our cover art is by Yoshiko Agresta. Your line bowls for this trip were... Andrew Anderson, badge name Dunville, played by me, Hannah Levin. Adric, a.k.a. Drix, badge name Colburn, played by me, Stefan Lewis. Pippin Pip McKeel, badge name McKeel, played by me, Guys Wipeout. And I have been your conductor, Greg Corobus. For bonus content, as well as behind the scenes, become a patron of the Faustian Nonsense Patreon. And in lieu of monetary support, a review on your favorite podcatcher will help Ghosts on a Train maintain visibility. If you have any questions about the Pride of Duskwall or additions to suggest for the train, please email them to ghosttrainpod at gmail.com or contact us on Twitter at ghosts underscore train. And I'll have Candace bring them to the line bowls. Thank you for riding with us, and please consider traveling with us again next time. This program was brought to you by a network of dedicated artists with creative souls just like just like yours. 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 Faustian Nonsense yours. thanks yours. you for yours. your patronage. Yeah. Just like yours.